Good morning, good morning, and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, a Vision for You Big Book Study. My name is Monica, and I am a recovered compulsive overeater. And today is Friday, the first day of August 2014. And today we are reading from the big book. We are in the chapter, Working with Others. We are going to be starting on the second paragraph that begins your job now. And today's readers are the 12 Steps Debbie, 12 Traditions Janice, and then Larry, Sally, Rakifit, and Sharon R.S. And the share code for yesterday, Thursday, the 31st day of July, is 6706. 6706. And I would please ask everybody to mute. There is noise in the background. OA Preamble Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who, through shared experience, strength, and hope, are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We are self-supporting through our own contributions, neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. Our primary purpose is to through the process to those who still suffer. It's message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. Monica, I, I would like to interrupt you because the uh, disconnect, the barbelly is coming from your line. I think we've lost you. And as we stand by waiting for Monica to see about improving that line, I will step in here and continue. I'm not real sure where she left off, but we will step in. OA sole purpose. OA's fifth tradition states, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. At a Vision for You Big Book study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. I will now ask Debbie B. to read the 12 steps. Thank you. This is Debbie B. in Canada, gratefully recovering, not recovered, recovering um, overeater. Uh, the 12 steps of Overeaters Anonymous. One, we admitted we were powerless over food, that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Six, we're entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Seven, humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. Eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Nine, made direct amends to such people wherever possible 
except when to do so would injure them or others. 10. Continue to take personal inventory and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. 11. Sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him, praying only for knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. 12. Having had a spiritual awakening as the result of these steps, we tried to carry this message to compulsive overeaters and to practice these principles in all our affairs. And I pass. Thank you. I will now ask Janice M. to read the 12 Traditions. Well, thank you, Melanie, and good morning to you and everyone. My name is Janice M., and I am a recovered compulsive overeater. The 12 Traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. One, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. Two, for our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God as he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not govern. Three, the only requirement for OA membership is a desire to stop eating compulsively. Four, each group should be autonomous except in matters of affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Five, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. Six, an OA group ought never endorse, finance, or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise, lest problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight Overeaters Anonymous should remain forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, OA as such ought never be organized, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. Ten, Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues, hence the OA name ought never be drawn into public controversy. Eleven, our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, films, television, and other public media of communication. Twelve, anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all these traditions, ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. Pass. Thank you, Janice. How our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature, then stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share, but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and literature we are discussing, and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overeaters only. Our abstinent requirement for moderators is one year and for readers is six months. There is no abstinent requirement for sharing on topic. This meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. We are sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. To share, press star 1 to unmute. And once you're done sharing, let us know by saying pass, then press star 1 to mute your phone. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone except the speakers should be muted.
And so today we're resuming our study of the big book. We are in the chapter Working for Others. We're on page 102, and we are beginning with the second paragraph, Your Job Now. And Larry, would you read for us, please? Sure, Monica. Thank you for your service. Larry, uh, recovered uh, compulsive reader from Chicago. Your job now is to be at the place where you may be of maximum helpfulness to others. So never hesitate to go anywhere if you can be helpful. You should not hesitate to visit the most sordid spot on earth on such an errand. Keep on the firing line of life with these motives and God will keep you unharmed. Um, so pretty direct here, you know, again, and working with others here um, tells me, you know, you know what, first what my job is to be of maximum helpfulness to others. And, um, you know, to get to that place, um, I had to have um, a, a complete spiritual transformation by working these steps, of course. But I'm, I'm now at that place. You know, and they're talking about someone and, and working with others here, you know, hopefully that's moved through this, this program of action has got to this place. And I remember, you know, it reminds me, I, was, I remember hearing early on in program, you know, we hear some erroneous things. And um, I remember hearing about uh, someone, you know, well-intentioned. You know, they're, everyone's well-intentioned. You know, as I traveled the road towards hell, you know, uh, of this disease. Um, but it was kind of the message stuck with me. It was, you know, stick with the winners. You know, and that hit me like, you know, stick with the winners. Um, you know, stick with those those people that are, you know, it seemed to me that were, you know, controlling, uh, you know, maybe tighter food plans, all that thing. But these were not, as I came to understand it later, recovered people that, that had, you know, complete personality change, a complete psychic change, a spiritual awaken, awakening, you know, sufficient to arrest this disease. And it was kind of like, you know, you know, avoid those people, like the plague, avoid, you know, places, situations. That's not how I have to live my life today. Thank, you know, thank God. Um, I don't worry about, you know, catching your cold you know, today. I did before because I, I lived uh, part of my, you know, part of my um, self-centered existence was fear. I had a fear consciousness. And my fear consciousness um, sort of guided me to avoid those sordid places, you know, those 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 people that, you know, because I don't want to catch what you have. You know, I'm I'm here controlling my deal here. I don't want to be around you and you know what happens is is that through this complete transformation for me um you know i can do my job and i thought before i went through this that that the primary purpose of this you know i'm I'm talking when i first came in here was to be able to put the food down you know that was the goal that was the end game for me is to put the food down little did i know and anybody who's on the line that's recovered today knows exactly what I mean based on their experience. Um, I know them and they know me in terms of we've had a similar experience. That the greatest thing today, truly, and I mean this, is to carry the message, to watch other people um, recover. That is the great, but I didn't think about that in the beginning. I was so embedded in self 
you know, and I couldn't see outside of myself, yet I was a reasonably, you know, bright person, but I just couldn't see. I had blinders on. And today, you know, I can be of maximum helpfulness to others, and no, I don't hesitate to go anywhere. You know, for a compulsive over overeater like me, that means all of, you know, the places, um, you know, the binge places, all those things. But also, in, in the context of, you know, of, of us and, and, and on vision, and, and we talk to people on the phone from all around the country and so forth, really, it, conceptually, it means I can talk to anyone. I'm not afraid as I was to talk to someone that's in the throes of this disease, you know, if they want to talk to me. I'm not, I don't fear that anymore. I did. I did. I only wanted, see if you can relate to this. I only wanted to talk to, boy, I'll talk to Leah. I'll talk to Kim. I'll talk to, you know, people like that, 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 you know, that, that seem to have had this transformation because then I don't have to worry about catching the disease. They, they, or I want to talk to someone who's put the food down for, you know, the longer they've put the food down, that's my, that's my guy, you know, but then I realized that sometimes, you know, let's say the thinnest person in the room is not the most well. I got well because, and here it is, um, going back to uh, page, the start of there is a solution, flip around page 17. The tremendous fact for every one of us is that we have discovered a common solution. We have a way out on which we can absolutely agree and upon which we can join in brotherly and harmonious action. This is the great news this book carries to those who suffer from alcoholism. My life is different today, completely different today. You know, I'm, I was awakened from my stupor, from the fog of this disease. You know, sadly, you know, wanters and meters, which was me for a long period of time, need not apply. You know, it's the doers. The doers are few, but they all get the same result. That's been my experience. So I'm um, very grateful for this message. Thank God for Alcoholics Anonymous. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you, Larry. Would anyone else like to comment on this paragraph? Katie G from Boston. <laughs> I heard Katie G, and that was the only... Okay, Katie G, and who else? Janice. Rose. Janice and Rose. Okay, Katie G, go ahead. Thank you, Monica. Good morning, everyone. This is Katie G, Recovered Compulsive Overeater. Thank God, and just great to hear this message. And, um, you know, me too. I was in relapse that I couldn't talk my way out of, right? And my life got really, really small. And I got into OA, and um, it was very scary for me. It was very sensitive. I didn't think I could go anywhere. I thought I had to be wrapped up in bubble tape and um I was really scared and you know for a long time I needed to do that um but it makes me sad now to think how limited I thought that my life had to be and and um you know it's so funny because I would be I would I would be um afraid when people would call me and not be spiritually fit or whatever my judgment was and it's like well Katie uh you have this disease you know, and um, what I find, like, I had the privilege of doing service last week. I'm doing some tomorrow. And, like, I find it is like the drug that I always wanted. Like, I can look you in the eye and say, I know where you have been. And there is a solution. And the problem is when I was so scared and my life was so small, it's because I thought I had to fight other people's diseases. 
I have ceased fighting anything or anyone. Like all I can do is share what's worked for me. And if that isn't, and that is right out of the book, right? And if that isn't workable for you, that's okay. No harm, no foul. Like I, I'm just sharing the message, right? And, um, and it's so funny because I was always the person that thought like when people in program, they'd say, oh, I'm a baker or I'm, I work in a bar, like if they're alcoholic, I always thought I would never be that person. And I have to tell you, professionally, God has decided that part of one of, a huge part of one of my jobs is helping people eat in a safe way so that they don't die. Me, Katie G from Boston, low-bottom, food-crazy lady, like her whole life is sitting there with patients, has the privilege to sit with patients and I'm not, you know, I, I know that that is not the most sorted, dirty spot on earth, but, like, I'm not eating that food. Like, it's a miracle. Not only am I not eating it, I don't even look at it that way. I'm looking to help other people. Like, I didn't know that God had such amazing plans for my recovery. And when I was just working this abstinence food plan, I missed out on so much and I was so angry but I am so grateful today that I have a clean, you know, plan and way of abstaining and that I don't want the food, that I can be around it and that I don't need to be wrapped up in bubble tape, that I can stay on the firing line, which is what, the forefront of activity. Guys, it's where the fire is. I'm on fire about my life today because I've been given the privilege of living many lives in one lifetime and um and I don't want the food. I know the food isn't gonna fix it. And I have a message that I can carry today and it doesn't matter. I have plenty of friends that I talk to on a regular basis who are struggling with this disease and all I can do is share. They know what I do when they want it. If they ever want it, they know where I am. But I have the privilege of talking about God and my connection with God. So, you know, if you want the fire, this is where it's at. And with that I pass. Thank you, Katie G. Janice, you're up. Yes, thank you, Monica. My name is Janice, um, and I am a grateful recovered compulsive overeater. <clears throat> and pardon me, and 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 that's and that's why I do this because I'm so grateful. Gratitude is action. It says here your job now. What do you mean now? Well, that's the purpose of have, get, receiving this gift from my higher power whom I choose to call God. This is my job description now. You know, you go look for a job, and, you know, they have a job description. Well, this tells me what my job description is, because I am now a servant of my higher power. And this, I receive this wonderful gift. I'm grateful. So I, this is the action I do to be maximum helpful to another compulsive overeater. And I'm not afraid. Do you know why I'm not afraid? It's because I do not, it says here, you should not hesitate. Well, I don't hesitate because the promise is that last line. God will keep you unharmed. What better, better protector than to have that? It doesn't matter what people are going to, how they're going to receive me. It's I have to do my job. They can take it or they can leave it. You know, but that's my job. That's God's job for me. So, um, yeah, I am so grateful. See, normal eaters don't have to do this. <laughs> but as a compulsive overeater, I must do this because that's what 
God wants me to do. And with that, I pass. Thanks. Thank you, Janice. Rose, you're up. Thank you, Monica. Thank you so much for your service. I'm Rose, also grateful, recovered, compulsive overeater from New York. Uh, Right now, I'm in Boston. And the line that was just mentioned is what I... What has pierced me is keep on the firing line of life with these motives, and the motives are being of maximum helpfulness to others and never hesitating to go where you can be helpful, um, wherever that spot is on earth. And it's interesting. I was able to jump on this meeting briefly this morning. I'm at my sister's house who is an active compulsive overeater who had open-heart surgery two and a half weeks ago and asked me to um, please come and help her recuperate from this uh, long process. And um, we brought her home yesterday, and the past 24 hours has been quite a test. And the last phrase or the last sentence, God will keep you unharmed, is in um, full um, showing itself right now in my program life. And during the night, I was um, saying some prayers because it was very clear to me I belonged here. I'm working with her four children um, to just assist with whatever is needed no more, no less, without any judgments whatsoever that um, there but for the grace of God would be me if Overeaters Anonymous hadn't saved my life, given me the recovery I have from working these steps and being brought through this book. So the words are very alive, this paragraph. God bless this meeting, everybody on it today. Um I would appreciate a little prayer here because my strength is not my own. And um, and I'm so glad gratitude was mentioned because I am grateful to have been asked to help and to be in a position to share uh, what God has given to me. So with that, I'll pass. Thank you. Thank you, Rose. And this is Monica, and I am a compulsive overeater, recovered today. And it says, your job now. So this is implying I've got a new employer, and it's not Monica. <laughs> so I'm, I'm, you know, I've got a new job here, and that job is to be of maximum helpfulness to others. And so when I wake up in the morning, you know, how can I be of service to someone today? You know, and this whole program it has everything to do with God. You know, it's God, it's God, it's God. He's brought me here to this 12th step. He's given me a spiritual awakening, and now he wants me to pass that on to others. And being and, and part of my, you know, paying back is being grateful and doing this work. You know, what can I do for you? And when I'm grateful, I'm excited. And I'm excited today. I'm um, God has given me this this um, this job here, this new job. Monica, go out and be a help to others. And with that, I'm going to pass, and let's move on. And Sally, I would like you to read the next two paragraphs, please. 
Good morning, a vision for you, and thank you, Monica, for your service. This is Sally, a recovered compulsive overeater in South Jersey. Many of us keep liquor in our homes. We often need it to carry green recruits through a severe hangover. Some of us still serve it to our friends, provided they are not alcoholics. But some of us think we should not serve liquor to anyone. We never argue this question. We never argue this question. We feel that each family, in the light of their own circumstances, ought to decide for themselves. We are careful never to show intolerance or hatred of drinking as an institution. Experience shows that such an attitude is not helpful to anyone. Every new alcoholic looks for this spirit among us and is immensely relieved when he finds we are not witch burners. A spirit of intolerance might repel alcoholics whose lives could have been saved had it not been for such stupidity. We would not even do the cause of temperate drinking any good, for not one drinker in a thousand likes to be told anything about alcohol by one who hates it. <clears throat> so, you know, this, these paragraphs remind me of some conversations that I've had with my own children, um, my adult children, who have seen me in and out and in and out of the food. They've seen me come and, oh, I don't eat that. And, of course, I always would give, you know, a long explanation. I wouldn't just say, no, thank you, which I do now. Then I would have to give an explanation. No, I don't eat that. Like, why do they need to hear that? But, you know, and I look back and I remember the many times that my kids would, would especially my older daughter, um, who, you know, would be a little bit chubby because she's had babies and she's carried her, her baby weight for a little while. And I remember that she would say to me, Mom, please, I don't want to hear this from you because you're the one who has struggled my entire life. I've watched you struggle. So, first of all, I'm reminded that this big book tells me that we cannot really help the people that are closest to us. We really cannot do a whole lot to help them. That's what the big book says in the family afterwards when it gives instructions for us to not even to tell about the person who's coming to help, you know, or coming to talk. We're not supposed to set our families up. We're not supposed to um, be trying to educate our close family members because they can't hear it from us. You know, familiarity breeds contempt. That's kind of how I think of it, that they can't hear it. Now, as I've lost a lot of weight in the last few years in a vision for you, um, and working specifically in this um, instruction manual, you know, my, my daughter has kind of softened up a little bit. She's sort of watching, and she does ask me questions, but I'm very cautious about saying anything because I don't want to be a witch burner. I don't want to have a spirit of intolerance. I don't ever want to poo-poo, you know, their party mentality. That's their party mentality. If they want to have that, that's fine. It has nothing to do with me. I'm truly in a place of neutrality. If they ask me, would you like some? I just say, no, thank you, and keep it simple. Thanks for letting me share. Thank you, Sally. Would anyone like to comment on these two paragraphs? Hello? Larissa. Larissa, go ahead. Good morning, everyone. My name is Larissa. I'm a grateful recovered compulsive overeater. So grateful to be on the line this morning. Thank you, everyone, for your service. Um, this whole idea in the big book, they cover such controversial topics, and they do it with such 
grace. Um, and this is one of those areas. So, you know, they cover God and religion. They cover sex. Um, and here they're covering, you know, whether or not to keep alcohol in one's home. And everywhere in the book, there's this spirit of patience, love, and tolerance. There's, there's explaining both sides and, and staying out of the controversy. They, they never want to be the arbiter. Um, that it's really between the person and God, what's right for them, what's right in their home. And so I love, you know, for those of us who are compulsive eaters, and there's, you know, so many different warring factions of our fellowship that are clear that their way is the way. Um, and, you know, even as someone who has found the solution in this book, it's very hard sometimes to not want to sit back and go, why are they doing that in that meeting? Why are they making people wait to have their freedom? Um, and, you know, the equivalent for me as we read this paragraph is there's, you know, there's people in our fellowship that are really clear that um, having a plan of eating, weighing and measuring food, calling food into a sponsor is, is part of their freedom. It's part of the path to their freedom. Um, there are others of us that that was not how we found freedom, that freedom was found by actually getting at the root cause of the selfish self-centeredness and recognizing that the food was but a symptom. Um, and there are, you know, there's no right or wrong here. There's no one way. The, the path, uh, the directions are very clear, but we don't argue over what the path to someone's freedom is. We can only give back honor in the path that gave us that freedom. And I am, you know, I, I've had people that I've sponsored who have had issues with food that are so different than mine. My sponsor herself, was never more than 10 pounds under overweight, and I came from 300-pound numbers. Um, I've had people who, you know, were triggered by foods that you couldn't pay me to eat. So I am not the arbiter of what anyone's plan of eating gets to be. My perspective is it's, they have to pray for what is right for them, and if God is guiding and directing them towards healthy boundaries that equal weighing and measuring foods, or having a formal plan of eating, then I would never stand in the way of that. But that is not the path that I was brought on and not the path that I follow. And I'm just so grateful that this paragraph provides the space to say we don't get into the fray on this, that there is no right or wrong here. Each individual must find what works for them and honor what works and give back as though their very life depends on it. Um, very grateful to be in the space of neutrality, safe and protected today, and to have ceased fighting, most certainly food, most certainly the food that used to own my soul, um, but also other individuals who might be doing it differently than I. Um, thank you so much for letting me share with that attack. Thank you, Larissa. Would anyone else like to comment on these two paragraphs? Hi, Sheila. I heard Sheila and I heard someone else. Kathy in Boston. Kathy. Okay, Sheila and then Kathy. Go ahead, Sheila. Good morning, Sheila H. from New York. Grateful to be in recovery today. Um, thank you for your service. I definitely wanted to share, I'm sorry if you hear an announcement on my bus, to share a spirit of intolerance might repel an alcoholic who lives could have been saved had it not been for such stupidity. It would not even do the cause of temptation drinking any good. I have to share this because that has been one of the challenges. I'm grateful today that I found someone that I can talk to, turn my food over, and walk me through the steps and not worry about what my food plan looks like. You know, I've come across people that wouldn't even read a step book with me because um, 
They want to know what I'm eating, who I'm going to see, am I weighing and measuring. If my food looks like theirs, then they don't feel threatened. And thank God I kept coming back and kept showing up and kept reaching out to people. And, and that message I just want to share, that when you come across somebody who may do things differently than you to remember this paragraph, because it could make a difference in someone staying and leaving programs. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you for letting me share. Thank you, Sheila. Kathy, you're up. Thank you, Monica, for your service. Uh, this is Kathy Kay, Recovered Compulsive Overeater. And as I listen to everyone today share on these two paragraphs, I realize how much my approach to helping others has uh, changed over the period I've been recovered. Um, you know, when I first started sponsoring, um, all I knew was my own experience um, and uh, it, it did feel scary to sponsor someone um, who had a very different food plan from mine or a very different history from mine. Um, but I was encouraged my my recovered uh, fellows uh, to uh, check in with God and let God guide, guide my actions. And of, and, of course, I learned so much from these relationships about myself, about my recovery, um, about the possibilities, so that today, um, unlike when I first got started, I feel very open to sponsoring anyone um, who's willing to do the work. Um, and I'm much clearer about what that work is, having been through this book uh, a number of times now. Um, so I can see my effectiveness uh, in helping others is growing, and the strength of my own recovery is growing because every time I work with another compulsive overeater, I learn more about myself as well. And I'm just so grateful that I now know deep in my heart that working with others is as important as every other step we are encouraged to take. And with that, I pass. Thank you, Kathy. Would anyone else like to comment on these two paragraphs? Star one, done mute. This is Carolyn. Carolyn, go ahead. Hi, this is Carolyn from New York, a recovered compulsive overeater. Um, I just thought this was really interesting to hear, and I was listening back or, or thinking back to what Larry said about, you know, he's no longer afraid that he's going to catch someone's food plan or, or, or catch someone's, you know, uh, relapse. Um, and uh, I'm recovered for the second time now in vision. I recovered last December. Uh, I only kept it about two months. Um, I was sponsoring three people. One of them was extremely difficult. I, I still believe in retrospect. And um, I, I was having such a hard time, and, and I was very restless, irritable, and discontent. I had to keep doing step tens with her or about her. And uh, I spoke to a lot of recovered people in vision, and uh, they told me, you know, there's something to be learned here. She's bothering you so much. There's something about you that you're seeing in her that, you know, it, it, it's a benefit here. 
if your own recovery isn't threatened. And I thought my recovery wasn't threatened because I wasn't thinking about food. But, you know, food is the last thing to go. And I was just, I was too newly recovered to handle this particular person. And I felt like, you know, her recovery was in my hands. I couldn't just drop her. And, you know, I was so important that if I dropped her, she might never recover, you know. And I wound up relapsing. And not only did I lose my own recovery, I lost, you know, I I couldn't sponsor my three sponsees anymore. So um, this time around, I'm newly recovered. I'm going to, you know, and and I really hope one day to get to the point where Larry is where, and and a lot of other people, you know, are recovered on this line who can, you know, go anywhere and and do anything and and not be afraid. Uh, I'm not quite at that point yet. I have to, you know, I can go to to, to social functions, restaurants, you know, that's not a problem. But when it comes to sponsoring, I think I have to be very careful this time around to, you know, do it slowly to make sure that, you know, as I go along with one sponsee for a while that I'm continuing in 10 and 11 and that I'm really on solid spiritual ground. And um, if it starts to slip, I need to, to really build up that foundation. And if I'm working with someone that's really, really getting to me, you know, again, I have to work on my spiritual foundation and maybe I need to let that person find a different sponsor because it's not good for me and, if, and it's probably not good for them either. So um, that's where I am now in new recovery. And, you know, I just wanted to share that for anyone else who might be in the same situation. Thank you. Thank you, Carolyn. And this is Monica and I'm going to jump in here. But Judy, go ahead, Judy. I'm a fitness, Monica. Sorry about that. Judy F., uh, recovered, grateful, compulsive overeater from Massachusetts right now in Florida taking care of my mom. And I just want to hone in on we don't argue. Um, you know, I don't debate, uh, have a debate with my sponsees. Um, on page 84, it says, 84 to 85, we don't fight anyone, even alcohols, and that's not my role today. My role is to lay out the spiritual tools that have brought me to a loving relationship with a higher power and a life that works uh, without turning to the food, but turning to God and helping others and, and having a, a fellowship and being in harmony with people around me, people in programs. And you know, it's, just, it's, that, it's, it's really a lot simpler. <laughs> when I first got uh, recovered, I wanted, you know, this is such, you know, great news. And I wanted, you know, don't you know? This is the answer. This is the solution. And I'm going to convince you of it. And I don't have to today. The, the disease convinces us that we're powerless. And, um, and the pain convinces us that we're unmanageable in our lives and that we need a higher power. And that, you know, that's what um, I find now when I sponsor, when they come, I mean, they're, they're convinced and they're ready. Um, and if they're not, I will certainly talk with them, bring them through, um, but I'm not there to convince them. Um, and I also love the paragraph, and I don't know the page where it says, step over to the nearest bar, step over to the nearest bakery, and try some controlled eating. Um, and then, and also, like in a food history, like look at how important has food been. Is is it the most important? Is it your priority? And um, and that's not my life today. So we don't argue, and um, we just simply say this is what worked, and I can I can guide you through so that you can have a spiritual awakening. And with that, I pass. Thank you. Thank you, Judy. 
And this is Monica, and I would like to step in for a second here. (laughs) Elaine, go ahead. (laughs) Oh, thank you so much. I I look forward to hearing what you have to share. I just wanted to share quickly my incredible deep gratitude for uh, the sharing of the doctor's opinion, the focus of the doctor's opinion in in a vision for you. Because in all my rooms in OA and many years in some uh, big book step studies, there was not a real focus on that. And um, when I walked into the rooms, I was uh, I was given a food plan, and I know this is a pretty standard thing. And I'm also grateful that OA now has the Dignity of Choice pamphlet, and um, and that there's some freedom there. But uh, I I ended up getting back into the food because when I reached goal weight, some of the things that I started adding to my food plan, I didn't really know I was allergic to, and so um, eventually. I ended up back in the food, and when I came back, it, uh, crawling, got the number for a vision for you, started listening, and knew that you know this was the path I was looking for uh, to really be able to work the steps. And talking with a sponsor, and all I wanted to talk about was the food at first. I just the food, the food, the food, and and she she just said, "I'm a compulsive overeater, just like you. I can't tell you what to eat. You know, talk to a nutritionist." And so I'm so grateful for those instructions that I wasn't getting, you know, my direction from somebody else who, who doesn't know how to do this, you know. Well, why don't you just try drinking beer? Well, why don't you just try drinking wine? Well, why don't you just try having it in the morning, you know, whatever. Anyway, um, so I was able to work with the nutritionist. I was able to identify, you know, the foods that I, I didn't know I had an allergy to and um, and actually some drinks that I, I didn't know that I wouldn't have considered because that's a drink. That's not food. And... Um, because of that, uh, I feel I'm more helpful to other compulsive overeaters. I don't have to say you have to be on this food plan. I too used to sponsor and feel more comfortable if people were doing what I did. If they thought the same thing that I did about this substance or that food or this behavior. And um I really do appreciate uh I really do appreciate the the wisdom that um the big book brings to this topic that I do believe has uh you know has impacted people's willingness and ability to to recover. So with that I pass. Thank you so much. Thank you. And this is Monica and I want to uh point out that in this paragraph we're seeing the word tol intolerance twice. Intolerance, a lack of open mindedness or goodwill. We're careful never to show intolerance. A spirit of intolerance might repel alcoholics. So, the, you know, this whole chapter is giving us explicit directions and guidance on how to guide other people through the process of the steps. And we're told in the big book, love and tolerance is our code. And in the last sentence it says, you know, um, one drinker and a th- um, nobody likes to be told, you know, um, be told anything about this you know we we don't like to you know that condescending attitude towards somebody else we can't do that you know this is a program of attraction and um our and our attitudes you know our new attitudes and ways of thinking and love and tolerance as a result of this program are going to be great um pictures for other people to see and be an attraction and with that, let's move on and read the last two paragraphs so we can we'll finish this chapter up today. And Rakifit, would you read for me, please, for us? Thank you, Monica. 
I'm Raquette, recovered compulsive overeater in California. Someday we hope that Alcoholics Anonymous will help the public to better to a better realization of the gravity of the alcoholic problem. But we shall be of little use if our attitude is one of bitterness or hostility. Drinkers will not stand for it. After all, our problems were of our own making. Bottles were only a symbol. Besides, we have stopped fighting anybody or anything. We have to. Um, I love that. I, I love this whole chapter. I learned so much from this chapter. I had been sponsoring before in other programs for 50, starting 15 years ago, but I never, never knew what it was to work really what my goal is to work with others, which is just to be kind and tolerant and help people find their connection to God. I'm not here to fix anyone. I can't even fix myself. It says here, after all, our problems were of our own making. I couldn't fix my problems. I still can't. And I made it myself. Besides, we have stopped fighting anybody or anything. I live by this. I live by this. This is on page, also on page 84 when it talks about the 10th step. Besides, we have stopped fighting anybody or anything. And on page 84 it says, even alcohol. That is a miracle to me. I don't have to fight. My whole life I've been a fighter. I had to fight to be better. I had to fight to be good enough. I had to fight to go to college. I had to fight school to be good. I had to fight at my job to be a good employee. I had to fight the food. All my life I had to fight the food. And today I'm not fighting anybody or anything. And today I am also accepting, totally accepting that any problem I have is of my own making. It's all in my head, the way I look at it, my attitude, everything I am responsible for. And the only, the only person that can help me, the only thing that can help me is God, my connection to God. And that's what I need to strengthen every day, my connection to God. Thank you for letting me share and I pass. Thank you, Raquel. Would anyone else like to comment on these last two paragraphs? Sarah. Can I share? I heard Sarah. I heard Bella. And was there another person in there? Kim. Kim. Okay. Sarah, Bella, and Kim. You're up, Sarah. Thank you, Monica. Uh, good morning, Vision, for you. My name is Sarah W., a grateful, recovered, compulsive reader. Um, I think this, this paragraph is really telling me that if I really want to be of maximal service to those still out there, um, whether they be in the family of other compulsive overeaters or other addicts, or they be an addict, that, you know, we bring our program with us. Sometimes, like they say, we're the only big book somebody sees. And, you know, the best way that I know I can be of service to others and that others have been of service to me is by kindness and tolerance and, and, and love. And, you know, so many people are struggling in the midst of the pit of, of, of this problem. And unfortunately, the public is still under the illusion that, you know, it's just being overweight. Many people just look at it that way, you know, I can't fit into these clothes. Uh, some people have struggled all their lives and they're just uh, in the misery and they don't know what to do. But if I'm forcing my values or my or my um, my beliefs on somebody else, that really isn't being of maximal service to other people. 
So, you know, it says, you know, first of all, we stop fighting anything or anybody. And, and if we show ourselves to be, you know, I've lost over 100 pounds and a lot of people have, you know, noticed and say things to me. And, you know, I don't, I don't offer the fact that I've done it through Overeaters Anonymous unless they start asking me a lot of questions. And if they say I look really good or whatever, I say, well, thank you very much. But, you know, I, I'm very careful to be cautious with humility because, you know, all this stuff can go to your head. And, you know, we don't know everybody's past. And I think, you know, to be respectful of other people and where they're at uh, and, and wait for the – and discern proper timing is, is really of huge value. So, um, you know, I appreciate all of you being here, and I'm grateful for the meeting, and I'm grateful most of all for my higher power. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you. Thank you, Sarah. Bella, you're up. Bella, star one to unmute. Oh, I, I'm i sorry. I was babbling and babbling, and I'm sorry. Uh, thank you very much, Monica. I am Bella, a thankful recovered compulsive overeater. Uh, thank you, Monica, for doing this service, and thank you very much, everybody on the line. I love the last sentence. Besides, we have stopped fighting anybody or anything. We have to. And this is the conclusion of all the steps. The first step, I am powerless. Yes, I accept and admit that I am powerless of other people's behavior, of other people's belief, of other people's reaction. Uh, I accept and admit that I am a happy human, and therefore I have my character defects that I want to work on them. I am not responsible of other people. I am not better than somebody else. I am, we are all the children of God. We are all, we are all unique in our own way. I am not here to force my ideas or to force my behavior. I don't have to prove to nobody my existence. I am, I am a fear, fearless person now. I am connected to a power of love, of acceptance. I don't have to fight. I am not in a war anymore. My life is a freedom. I am not in a war. I don't have to run away from nobody, from anything. I am happy with what I have, and I am happy with what I don't have. I am thankful to God that I am now connected to God, and my my job, my responsibility is to be to to share my experience, strength, and hope. I don't have to force. I don't have to insist anymore. I am not a teacher. I am not a therapist. I am not better than you. I am here to share my experience, strength, and hope. Thank you, and I'm sharing, and I pass. Thank you, Bella. And Kim, you're up. Good morning, Monica. Good morning, all. My name is Kim G, and I'm a recovery compulsive overeater. And I'm going to zone in on that, a better realization of the gravity of the alcoholic problem. I mean, if we look at the way the big book is divided, the chapters, the doctor's opinion through more about alcoholism, which is over 60 pages, is all about the problem. It's all about the problem. What is our problem? We have an allergy of the body. 
which is a permanent disability. When we ingest certain substances or engage in certain behaviors, it creates a phenomenon of craving. It intensifies and never satisfies. And that is a permanent disability. The second part is the obsession of the mind. That is what is that's going to doom us, no matter how long we've been abstinent, to be tortured, to be dominated, to be ruled by the idea that the only way we're going to get ease and comfort is to pick up the food. So that is what we're up against. And if we don't understand what we're up against, we're not going to be willing to go through the steps. Because unfortunately, for many years in a way, I thought food and weight was my problem. And if food and weight was my problem, then abstinence would have been the answer, and it never was. Losing the weight would have been the answer, and it never was. So when we talk about this controversy in the paragraph before, I just want to make real clear, there is a difference between abstinence and a food plan. We get so caught up in food plans. Food plans are how people eat according to whatever they need. What the big book is clear on is that we have to be abstinent. And what does that mean? That means we cannot engage in those foods and those food behaviors that create the phenomenon of craving. We are told in the doctor's opinion, it is imperative that a man's brain be cleared before he is approached as he has a better chance of understanding and accepting what we have to offer. Of course an alcoholic ought to be freed from his physical craving for liquor. So that is not up for debate. That is not controversial. We have to be abstinent in order to work this program. Now, our food plan is separate. And unfortunately, I think one of the problems is, in a way, we equate abstinence with a food plan. And we argue over that all the time. So we have to be clear, what is the gravity of the alcoholic problem? If you do not have the allergy of the body, if you think you can moderately eat your binge food, if you're being told by somebody, continue to eat while you work the steps, and that works for you, you're probably not a compulsive overeater because you don't have the allergy of the body. If you can eat your binge food, if you can eat moderately those foods which you have a phenomenon of craving about. So I just want to make that clear. Abstinence is black and white. It creates the craving or it doesn't. We must abstain from them 100%. That is a, 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 a uniting force in this big book. How we handle the other foods that do not create the phenomenon of craving, the food plan, none of my business. But as a compulsive overeater, as a recovered compulsive overeater, what I can teach you is that phenomenon of craving, that effect, and you must be willing to put that food down 100%. And let me tell you, that was good news to me because I was told that I could continue to eat and work the steps. So I was convinced that the steps didn't work. But I'm telling you that the, what the big book is telling us is that we have to put the food down first and work through the steps, and only then will we get the promises. So let's be real clear about what is the gravity of the alcoholic problem, allergy of the body, permanent disability, never, ever, ever can we eat those foods or participate in those behaviors again, obsession of the mind, and the relief is found through the, the 12 steps. If we go through the 12 steps, the obsession will be removed, which means I no longer will want my binge food. That is the miracle of Overeaters Anonymous. And with that, I pass. Thank you, Kim. And we've come to the end of our time here. Thank you to everyone who has shared. And we will now close with the reading from the big book on page 164, followed by the serenity prayer. And Sharon R.S., can you read for us, please, from A Vision for You? 
Good morning. I sure can, Monica. Thank you. Good morning to all on the line. I am Sharon R.S. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order. But obviously you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is the great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit, and you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you until then. Thank you.